This recording was done over a Zoom call. Hello everyone and welcome to a new installment of Help I'm an Adult podcast. Today I'll be furthering our discussion on speaking up and but today I'm going to be doing it with a couple of friends and um, they'll be sharing their experiences um, with just being black in the UK and any experience of racism they've had, how this moment in time is has changed and their perspectives on things, if it has, or how it has actually helped them to push their um, knowledge further, and also the differences and changes they are wanting to make in their environments and in their communities moving forward with, with um, even beyond this movement as it's going right now. So I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. Hello. Everyone. Hi. Uh- <laughs> So I'm Tino, as Sharon says. Uh, I was basically um, born and raised in Zimbabwe, which is in the south of Africa. And then I moved to England when I was uh, 11. And I've lived in the south of England for pretty much the rest of the time. I'm like 26 now. And I must say the racism, um, well, the things that I've experienced um, in England and in Zimbabwe are vastly different, but they have the same sort of like feel. Um, my parents were sort of brought up in a time where racism was like the most prominent thing about, um, and we only actually gained independence um, from um, being colonized by the United Kingdom in 1980. So uh, in their formative years, they were experienced like um, racism that was just upfront and very in their faces. It was very much like they weren't allowed to go to white schools. They were uh, rejected from certain jobs. They weren't invited to certain events. They they had their own sort of separate part um, and they didn't mix with the whites. And um, when I was growing up in Zimbabwe, that was when we started to mix more and, um, and left um, and came to England, which was complete opposite because we were very integrated um, with the white community and other people. And that took a lot of getting used to. Um, and even still, there, um, there are some differences and some issues that come about in some places where you don't quite feel like you fit in fully because you're still that other person. But yeah, that's pretty much my story. Okay, um, I'll have Anthony next. Hey, thank you, Sharon. Hello everyone, Anthony Onwuzurike, similar to Kendo, uh, sorry, that's Kendo, similar to uh, Tino, I am from Africa, the west part of Africa. I am from Nigeria and, you know, we moved from Nigeria to the U- and I've lived in the United Kingdom for the rest of my life. And like, like Tino mentioned, it's completely different. We, I did not, in the nine, year, nine and a half years I lived in Nigeria, we did not learn anything to do with racism. Um, we didn't even learn about colour, you know, because we, we all looked the same. We, we, our main focus was, you know, learning the culture, learning the, the, the religion, and obviously learning English. You can colonised by English people, uh, the British colony, sorry. Um, and then coming over here to getting a quote-unquote better life, um, you know, I have experienced my fair share of um, inequality, my fair share of racism, and I am happy to be on here and share my story. Hello, <laughs> um, I'm Kendall. Um, I am mixed race and I uh, grew up in and around London 
um, I'm third generation, so my dad, my black father was born here, but my um, my grandparents, my black grandparents were born in Dominica, which is a small island in the Caribbean. And no, it is not the Republic of Dominica. There is another another island called Dominica. So um, <laughs> let's get that straight. Um, so yes, I um, main, most of my life I grew up in an area called Hartford, um, which is predominantly white, very privileged. And um, I experienced a lot of microaggressions growing up in a neighborhood like this. I um, kept my mouth shut most of my life. I've, I've never really talked to my white friends about being mixed race or being seen as black. I call myself black now because I am never going to be seen as, wh as white by white people. So I, I call myself black. Um, but um, yes, so um, now um, that I, after I've been to university, after I've been to um, doing my postgraduate and I've traveled and I've met some incredible people, talking to you three guys now, um, I've met some very, very great people and people that have I've learned from and I have started to educate myself about my race and about how white people see me and how I'm seen in this um, systemic racist society and it's time for change and I want to be a part of that and I want to, I want to, I want to change that, so, yeah. Yeah, first question, or not really question, first thing to ask is how are we all doing? For real, in <laughs> tired, <laughs> exhausted. Whoa, that is, yes, yes. Tired of being tired of being tired of being tired. <laughs> that's 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 what the feeling is right now. <laughs> yeah, just a, yeah. It's 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 a it's a weird one because it's almost like sometimes I'm like, am I allowed to be like angry? Am am I like I feel mm. like I'm still in that uncomfortable place where I don't feel fully comfortable to say mm. how exactly I'm feeling because yeah. for fear of people not understanding for fear of people kind of going oh no but that she's being a bit you know a bit confrontational yeah, yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah and I'm like no but yeah. actually it's my personal experience it's, I'm yeah. uncomfortable you yeah. need to know about it and yeah. your your views and experiences are valuable and valued so we just need to remember that that's right. Exactly. And as you said, I think we are, we as black people are allowed to be angry at this point. Now, the one thing that I, I saw at the beginning of this, I've not seen it in a while because hopefully people have woken up, is that everyone's like, oh, why now? Like, why is this such a big thing now? And I'm like, it's be always been a thing. Yeah, you yeah exactly. It's it always exactly. People just haven't paid attention to it. And, um, Yes, and it's not just an American thing. Police brutality happens everywhere. It might not be as, it might not be a lynching like we see in America all the time, in the sense that somebody's killed, it's recorded, and nothing has been done about it. It might not be that, but it still happens in the system. There's stories and there's incidents of people in the UK, black people, dying in police custody because mm. of brutality. Yeah because the, yeah, the way they were arrested or the whole process yeah. of booking them was more, there was an aggression or there was a confrontation that was just unnecessary by the police. Mm. So my mum has 
told me lots of stories about my father who grew up in East London and he was beaten to a pulp by the police and it is, it's, it's, it's happened in the past, it's happening now, but the only difference is, is that we have camera phones and we are recording mm. it. That's yeah. the only difference. I was literally, yeah, and I was just about to jump on that point and, and carry on from what um, Sharon was saying. Whereas um, people are asking, oh, what's the difference between now and then? Well, one, it's bigger than police brutality, two, one. Two, it's bigger than the US. And three, we have the advantage of technology being developed to, to the point it is now that we have the advantage as, as, as a civilization, as, as, as humans. You know that technology is at our fingertips now mm-hmm. you know and things get viral so much more quicker and because of that um uh, the whole world has started now to see the injustice back in 1960 mm-hmm. it wasn't the whole world it was just let's say let's just focus on america it was just america when it happened all these protesting right the news or the media then would just circulate that information just to the states of america some international news would get out to some parts of the world. Mm-hmm. But now, technology is everywhere. There are 2 billion people in the world who have Instagram. 2 billion. And mm-hmm. how many people in the world? There's about, what, 8 billion, 8 billion now? Mm-hmm. So that is the mix. So when people say, oh, what has changed? That is what has changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One yeah. thing, so one the thing. the message is still... Yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to say. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say your 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 point about the media. One thing that hasn't changed is the fact that the media back then, during the civil rights movement, and even there was a there was a civil rights movement in England, but just nobody knows about it or hasn't learned about it. But the, the, the it was more it was more publicised over in America, and it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the media was owned by the white privileged elite and it was portrayed as black people as the attackers yeah this is the problem now the 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 media is still still owned by the white privileged elite that is still representing black people who are peace, uh, peacefully protesting as the attackers as the thugs tiny majority a tiny tiny group of people that might be radicalist or might be insane or might be just wanting to push the envelope a bit more the whole movement then gets portrayed as this massive like police brutality fighting back Mm. explosive thing when it actually isn't there's a lot of people out there that are literally just marching there is a TikTok I saw of this girl whose mom drove through and saw her protesting and her mom started crying because she was like, oh my goodness, my daughter's out there. And then as she went on with the TikTok, you, it, you saw the change of the police just firing these tear gas at them. And she was just peacefully protesting something mm-hmm. that she believed in and stuff like that. And it's like, why is it that it's being like portrayed in, in this kind of light? And why is it happening like this why can't it just be look they're they're in art they're standing up together they're upset about something why is it yeah. why is it a riot why is it um people it's because, it's because, doing this? It's because people like to focus on the the peaceful protests aren't gonna capture the, the, like people's attention the media loves scandal this is the thing mm. the media loves scandal and what's more scandalous than 
portraying black people continuously as thugs. What is more scandalous than that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Some white girl that went missing years ago is now another scandal that they want to put post all over On the top of all over, the story, all over yeah. the newspapers because there isn't enough enough scandal at the protests. There's not enough scandal at the protests. So they're just posting ago. about this. Yeah. I mean, all that story aside, it's just an example of how the media sort of push things to the forefront when they are uncomfortable or don't know how to report on something that's actually important and it's not as big to them or they're trying to distract the nation into not thinking or you know, panicking or stressing out when in actual fact, the nation needs to be like, whoa, I'm disgusted at what's happening. Whoa, yeah. let's turn all our attention onto <laughs> it instead of trying to blind us with stories that aren't really as important or no. as pressing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, this is like this whole story is a life story. This movement, the reason why this is happening is it's literally a life or death situation. It's mm, it is. Of people's livelihoods, human beings. Again, we are all humans. Like, I don't know how people forget that point just because the color of my skin is different. And again, I talked about this in the previous episode where I said history has made it so that, and when I say history, I mean the superiority complex and ego that this white people had to just think they could take a whole go invade a whole continent and bring and make mm-hmm. people work for them but then label them as basically dirt of the earth and the lowest of all races like if you think of the word i think before before i started recording anthony mentioned the fact that racism was not even a, should never even be a thing was never because mm-hmm. If you think of all the words we have, it's all made up by man. We all make up these words. So somebody out there thought, let's create a ranking. Let's create a division between man and every human. And let's, so we have the palest names. We have this. We have to be superior. And um, that's just wrong, I think. Yeah, personal opinion. Yeah. And that comes with race should not. Thank you for mentioning that point. I, I was literally just about to hit home on that, where where you just mentioned it's it's down to that word race. Yeah, it should yeah. not. We, the only race there should be is the human race. And I want to read. I'm going to quickly mention a quote to you that is that should be resonating with every human being. And it says, "Human beings are members of a whole in creation." of one existence and soul. If one member is afflicted with pain, other members uneasy will remain. If you have no sympathy for human pain, the name of human you cannot retain. Yeah? So I'll give you certain examples. For example, when um, the Notre Dame fire happened, we as humans came together, put money together, and you know, helped the restoration of that. Yeah? When COVID-19 struck the whole world, we as humans came together, devised certain plans and put people, you know, with the whole work from home and do this and do that, right? To to, to, to minimise the human race and the human population dwindling. Mm -hmm. Yeah? When it comes to uh, 9-11, we don't forget, right? Mm. It has happened. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the point of talking about race, why is it that as a collective, as a collective in terms of human beings, we have difference in opinions? True. Why should there be an inequality in the world when we can come together and be equal 
when it comes mm-hmm. to certain standpoints. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And it, it, Why it, is differs, there, yeah. it differs in different it differs it differs in different parts of the world um, that that experiences racism. It differs so much. You know, there's a big difference from racism happening in the US to uh, racism happening in the UK. And a lot of um, the misconception, the misunderstanding from people who are non-black is that they feel like we're making noise um, to no avail. They feel like yeah. it's, it's, um, it's, it's beyond just black lives. And as black people, we're not saying that other lives aren't also as important as ours. We're just saying ours matters as well as the rest. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Mm. Hear us. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, we're saying hear us. Everything yeah. we need to say about the word race. But, but it's the truth. It's the actual truth. How is this still a discussion? It's something from 400 years ago. Something literally. How are we still talking about this issue? Uh, my mom was talking recently and she was saying that, you know, in the Constitution in America, I think, is it the, is it the 13th or the, yeah, the 13th Amendment, the one with the owning slaves, they said that black people were 3% human. 3%, guys. 3. Wow. What, what is that? What is that? And it's mentalities like that that are still here. How is this still here? That's actually ignorant and stupid and dumb. And we need to be like, no, that's not us. We are all equal human beings. But in this instance, we need to step up and actually go, you know what? We have not recognized our black community. We are treating them as less than human, like they're 3% human. When we are all, like you said, we are all humans. We are all part of the same race. We all like are part of the world. How can we treat one part less than the other? It makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. Agreed. I am with you on that again, 100%. The fact that we still have to educate people and tell people what to go watch or what to go listen to. Yeah, people also need to go. People also need to go. Sorry, Sharon. Yeah, yeah. People also need to go and read the um the the book, the myth of race. Once you've read the myth of race, you're going to understand where I'm coming from. That race isn't real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, back in seventeen around seventeen seventy six, a German. It was a German man. I I forget his name. His name is like Johann Frederick something, right? Tried to categorize race in five different um, physical appearances and geographical origin. One being Caucasian, two being Mongolian, three being Malayan, third being, uh, fourth being Ethiopian, and the fifth being American. How can you class those five things as race? Mm. That's where it all started from. And then America took on that uh, concept and started to do even more with it and which has now affected the social and economic way we do things hence why we we have systematic racism sure. i've said I'm enough mic drop mic drop mic drop this is a mic <laughs> yeah. moment i'm just gonna just do it <laughs> yeah this is a mic drop yeah, moment oh, yeah, sorry. i'll just yeah. also recommend reading um why i'm no longer talking to white people about race as well by Rennie Edo Lodge because it just explains to British people the history of how systematic racism has basically happened in in the UK and it just yeah it's great it's got chapters on white privilege it's just the most informative book I've ever read so I definitely definitely recommend that one too and if people read it 
and want to talk about some of the things that are being said in that book i am very happy to have discussions with people about about their views and some things that they think about so yeah i was saying to you i was saying to you girls as well like earlier that if we had the power or if versus me if, if i had the power and the influence and the money uh and the connections i would eradicate rate the, the word race and the race box from job applications from law from governments completely because it's 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 just it's, it's a fallacy period it's what we it's it's what we base certain things off of and when i mean by certain things i'm talking about like um uh, uh, war immigration jobs economy education so things that we learn in school yeah. all of that it, it's all been controlled by you know race if i had the power i'd absolutely get rid of it because i would not want to be um i would not want to be one judged because of the way i look yeah that should have nothing to do with how i do my job yeah or how how professional i am in in the business period and what i disliked about um certain members of like society that i work with and i um i interact with is that they fail to acknowledge uh, that they fail to acknowledge me and the struggles i'm going through they think it's just another thing Mm, I think yeah. it's just another. Oh, you know, he's, you know, he's, 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 uh, he's, 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 he's uh, raising another concern and blah, blah blah, and this and that. It's just, I'm just like, mate, it's, it's not, man. This has been going on before you and I was even in this world. But what are you mm -hmm. doing about it? You have been given, you are given this privilege, not by your own design, fair enough. But you have been given this privilege, passed down. Yet you haven't been the voice for the voiceless. And so it feels like black people have the other thing, a generation, and we've been doing it for ourselves. And every time we do it for ourselves, we get shut down. But this is the time. This is, for, true. this is the this is the time for change. And I want to, and I really want to get you guys to talk about your experiences of when you were first called a, the N word, living in this country. <laughs> well, before I do that, I just want to make an amendment. I, I mentioned before that it was three percent. It's actually. Three fifths. I was not listening properly to my mother spoke. Sorry, I had to read this up. I literally was like, just to make sure I'm saying correct facts here. Black people counted, while well, slaves counted as three fifths of a person, and that was for taxing purposes, and that was for voting purposes. They weren't a whole person; they were a part of a person. Anyway, when I got called the N word, <laughs> um, I think my first experience was in school. And I think people kind of said it in like a jokey sort of sense. And they thought, oh, you know what? I'm just kind of, you know, saying it because I can say well, school it. You're black. Way, or... No, 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 in England. Uh, and you're black and you're cool. It, it's fine because you're black and, you know, you don't seem to mind about this kind of thing. And for me, at first, I did, the word didn't hit me. I was just like, oh, it's whatever. It's just a word. But then when I began to understand the history of the word, I was like, wait a second. Pause. What's happening here? Like, you're calling me that. What do you mean when you're calling me that? Do you understand why that word is a bad word? Do you understand what it means for you as a white man to be saying it to me? I'm, and I'm sitting here and I'm supposed to laugh at all of the other people that had this word flung at them and such. And I'm supposed to sit here and be like, it's fine, it's okay. Like my friends know, I say this among my black friends. I say it a lot. And you know, and you know that I 
personally don't agree with you don't anyone. agree with the word i don't agree with anyone saying it. <laughs> anyone but, saying the word yeah but i'm like i say it among my black people like mm. because you know i understand is the that history your, is of the that word. Your, I, yeah is that your way of kind of reclaiming it for a positive yeah well i don't say it among i try not to say it among my white friends I try not to. I, it slips out sometimes and I'm like, wait, what am I saying? Because sometimes your mouth speaks before your head catches up and you're like, oh, wait a second, stop. But I'm trying to catch myself. But it, we, in my family, we say the word. It's because we understand the meaning of the word. We, we get it. We, it. We're not saying it in, in that kind of intent and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know. People will always have adverse, their own opinions on the word. But I know that I try not to say it to my white friends. And I don't appreciate it when they say it back to me but I'll say it to my black friends and that mm. might seem weird or whatever, but it's just my own personal experience of the mm. word, I guess. Um, have you ever been called an N word? Me? Yeah. Um, well, this is the thing being mixed race. Um, I completely and utterly recognize my light skin privilege. I recognize my light skin privilege and I fight for you. And, and I'm an ally, and I'm an ally with darker skinned people so I recognize my light skin privilege and the first time I was actually called the n-word was by a family member we were very young and I don't feel like getting into it now because it might spark whatever but we were young mm. and immature and it didn't it hurt but I don't think it really was meant in a bad way it was just it was just a game it was like I it was um, but personally, I have had racism thrown in my face that is actually wrong. Like yeah. me and my sister were walking down the street in our school uniforms home and this car pulled up next to us with a bunch of drunk, horrible people in it, throwing their beer cans at us, screaming the P word. Wow. One, you were so ignorant get your racism right <laughs> <laughs> you you they said it to you excuse me i'm not i'm not yeah. <laughs> yeah, i'm not i'm actually not <laughs> you've got it wrong yeah yeah i can give you some blood you can do a test you can do what, like ancestry whatever you want but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but like don't. so, yeah. So I've I've experienced um, being called mm. chocolate girl, all lots of like oh, wow. different kinds chocolate of girl. Yeah, mm. all different kinds of. Mm, it's like, a different kind of way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't. That's the. I haven't. I can't recall or ever being called the N word maliciously. Maliciously. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually with Kendall on that. I've had the opposite of it like not the opposite of it but like they don't use the word they use other words so i've been called yeah. poo colored which is fun oh yeah yeah, yeah, um, wow. yeah poo colored uh, i've had somebody tell me to go back to my own country to which i said i'm a british citizen and pulled out my passport because luckily i was coming out of an exam in plymouth because we were doing our exam at uh, the oh, pavilions please. and we were walking back and we went to mcdonald's no kfc and some dude was like, go back to your country. And I was like, here, it says British citizen. Where should I go? <laughs> and KFC was like, oh, we're so sorry. Um, is there anything that we can do? And I was like, it wasn't you who said it. it was Free this chicken. Guy. That's what you can do. <laughs> Free 
chicken. I didn't want to reinforce some sort of stereotype here. Okay. Like, you know, <laughs> ask free chicken. But you know, like you get you, you get called the other words. It's it's they're like, oh, I'm not calling you the N-word, but mm. I'm calling you this. I'm saying go back to your country. I'm saying yeah. the P word. I'm yeah. and you know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's yeah. ridiculous. And, and 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 they're failing to see that this is beyond coronavirus. Mm. To the point that we have to ignore, you know, risk our so not ignore, risk our health to mm-hmm. protest again, mm-hmm. again. Not even, not even like uh, it's a one time, you know, we all come. Nah, again. But what again. we, yeah. But what we are also protesting is the fact that the black community is disproportionately the worst affected by COVID for this reason, which is why we are protesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. But again, um, no. um, to add to that, can, it, has, it has nothing to do with race. If you look up the facts, right, sickle cell anemia, for example, affects predominantly most people who are from the African origin and in and around the African origin. As in Africa as a continent, and the small countries that are in and around it, that's, that's where it is. Now, if, and now down, because of that, yeah, people have now put race and say, black people are being affected by uh, uh, coronavirus because of X, Y, and Z. Mm. No, these symptoms are the reasons why coronavirus has affected you more. Not because of your race. No, no, not because of the race, but because of systematic racism. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, now, so I'm not saying we, we're sickly beings. I'm saying oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't start with me. <laughs> um, so for me, Sharon, have you talked about when you uh, have said the N-word? When uh, someone has not, talked, nobody has actually said it to Ever. me. Ever. I've not. I I've say not. it to you. Tino said, <laughs> Tino said it, but she's already said. It. She says it, and I do. I'm like Tino, no. But and I have said it. You know, in the heat of the moment, where I think I said it in basketball when I was watching a basketball game once, and um, mm. one of our friends like got like the basketball was pretty cool, and I was like, yeah, that's why. And I said it, and I was like, oh, that was so loud, and everyone else laughed, but they were. I was with you. They laughed. I was with you. Oh no, mm. I should not have said it. But because then in my mind, it gave them like, they thought, oh, okay, if she's saying it, we can say it too. But I'm like, no, you can't. And this is, mm-hmm. and in the past, I've kind of like let a lot of like black jokes pass and not even call people out on it. And this is something that yeah. I'm learning right now as well. And it's more like, nah, man, you can't say those words. It's not allowed. You can't say it around me. You can't say it like anywhere. If I, if I hear that one of my friends used it, white friends especially, I'm like, nah, not oh, a friend. Oh, no. Did you say friend? <laughs> White person said it. Not friend. Yeah. You're no longer friend. But True. they're going to see that the argument is going to be like, oh, but then, you know, black people will say it. And, you know, it's in black people's music. All the N words in Paris. Yeah. So that's another thing with the N words. You see all the white people like jumping up and down and singing it in the clubs. Yeah, Stop! Yeah. Do, you know what, do you know what's really funny? Um, I've actually seen the other side of it because you know what? I know we're saying all this stuff about um, like black people being forward and the, the racism we felt, but I must like put a shout out to all of the white people that have been incredible in this time who have oh, actually yes. shown themselves as allies and stepped out mm. because, oh my word, you know what? I did not know 
how supportive some people were. I and I didn't expect yeah. some of the support that we got. And it didn't say, like, to the point, I was sitting in one of my friend's cars. Sorry, you go on, Anthony. Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 finish, finish. I'll, I'll let you oh. finish because I've got so much facts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I was sitting in my friend's car um, and this was before lockdown and everything and we were sitting there listening to Kendrick Lamar music right and I was like oh yeah dude you like Kendrick Lamar and the song that he knew that he mentioned it was one of his songs that doesn't really swear much it doesn't say the n-word doesn't do that much and he's like yeah it's like I love this song and I was like have you heard this song you know guys you know all right right mm -hmm. the song yeah yeah Lamar. And he was like, oh, I don't know that song. Then I was like, oh my goodness, it's because this song says the N-word a lot, a lot. And he's mm -hmm. like, you know what, I've shut my mind out to that kind mm -hmm. of music. And I was like, you know what, there's people, white people out there that are like, you know what, I'm conscious this of This isn't I for me, this see. isn't made for me, yeah. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't for me. And you know what, it's okay, I don't need to enjoy this song, I can enjoy other songs. And I'm like, you know what, good for you for recognizing but it, it, i was like wow wow there's some people out there, there that is, are really yeah. really trying they're trying yeah and we gotta like and i'll give you that. yeah and i'll give you an example of some that aren't even trying at all now after mm -hmm. my job induction we were on our way back to the hotel where we were staying we were listening to 50 cent right and the the, the white my white colleague was like oh who's that because I, I don't i can't i think it was Candy shop or something we listen to, right? One of the fifty cents mm -hmm. old tracks. And um, <laughs> the the guy asked who it was. The guy asked who it was. We told him who it was. He he actually thought it was somebody else. And then he goes, he said, "Oh, they all sound the same." I'm like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> I should, stop that! I should, I should, I should, I should pull up and take you and make you walk back to the hotel." <laughs> what? Okay. What? Okay. The same. Mm -hmm. I, it, it, it fell out of his mouth like it was like another thing and like mm -hmm. another response to what I'm saying without even thinking about it because he's he, he fair enough that like he, he got the artist wrong yeah because he made enough sense out of the voice but you can't then come and say oh they all sound the same uh, excuse me what do, <laughs> do I sound like he's sent to you <laughs> uh, you know don't say that but, yeah, don't make so, generalizations like that, that. I um, the first time I was called the N word, boy. Now it took a while, you know. I didn't think I would get it. In, I thought I would. I've had like microaggressions, a little bit of racism growing up here, and I thought I was. I was for me. I was expecting the N word soon because I was ready to fight someone for it. <laughs> um, uh, but I didn't get it till later on, uh, early in my twenties. Uh, I was. I got a job as a, a, a night receptionist in a hotel now we were told not to put poppies on we were told the poppies on this is for the customers who come in and book a hotel or come and go to the bar this woman uh uh was drunk she'd finished the function upstairs rather than going to home and sleep with her husband yeah she uh she was just out downstairs here just like making conversation with us her husband we found out later on and actually kicked her out of the room because she was being annoying so she had no choice but to either stay outside that door or come down to entertain the, the receptionist people. And um, she then noticed that we weren't wearing the poppies on our, on our crest. And we were told, ah, listen, like, you, know, we were, you don't have to wear it. We're all in support and remember all the soldiers that fought in, mm -hmm. in, 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 the, in the war. But the company said, we don't need to wear it. You know, we don't even have their own logos on our stuff. We don't even have our own name badges on here. 
And um, she then started getting livid, started getting angry, and then said, you and I was like, what? Yeah, you know, and um, the ca- camera I'm put her, to say, but that was you trying not to swear. On the- yeah, you Kendall, do that. <laughs> um, the, the camera caught her with her, you know, her pointing and um, effing and blinding, but there was no audio from the camera, so you know. The manager came in the next morning and told us to write our statement out. It was me and another black man, work, work, black guy working um, side by side. And we wrote out our statement. And um, guess what happened? Nothing. Guess, oh, no, 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 no. Something did happen. They stopped giving me shifts. They didn't take that any further. I didn't hear any more, any more, any more uh, uh, um, uh, uh, noise about it. Reason, uh, now, now, reason why they stopped giving me shifts is because they said, I'm, or I'm on a zero-hour contract, so you know I can get shifts and I can't get shifts. Prior to that, I was always working weekends, and I knew that I was on a zero-hour contract. But the minute I had raised something about, um, you know, me being insulted for, my, for the color of my skin, they were just like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, we're just gonna, you know, not give you any more shifts until you quit." And that's exactly what I did. And that is the big difference between um, racism here in the UK and racism in the US. Everything here is so subtle and mm. people like to sweep under the carpet. And, you know, it goes back to this quote that I'm going to read out to, to you. And I hope it resonates with a lot of people who are going to listen to this later on. It says, the only thing necessary for the perpetuation of evil is for good people to do nothing. Mm. Mic drop again. <laughs> I have, Cut I have your plenty. mic. I have, Stop dropping I, it. <laughs> That's my story on, on the first time I was being called, I was called the N-word. And it's never happened again since then, but, you know, it, I've, always mm. got, I've always had microaggressions. And, yeah, other and ways of thing. saying this it. This is the thing, people, yeah, people, people think that the uh, UK isn't racist because they it have never heard anything do it like and this. they don't say the yeah. N-word. Yeah. But it is because it, it's the microaggressions that have um, taken the place of the N word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you, it's it's the attitude towards us. I will give Sorry, you Sharon. Or I wasn't called the N word, but the first time I ever experienced that people treated me or I was bullied because of the color of my skin, and I don't know if you ask those girls now if that's what it was, if they'll ever say it was, but. Oh well. They'll never admit it. I moved to England. Gosh, how old was I? When I was 12. Started in this new school. And again, I lived in in my in my opinion, it was like 99% white people that lived where I lived. And in the school I went to, there were some black girls, but they weren't Nigerians and but we still got along. But in my phone group, there was one mixed race girl. And she like, like, I remember she introduced herself. She was like, hi, my name is da da da. And I'm like quarter black. And I was like, oh, okay. But she was the only person I could identify with because I was like, at least there's some black in you. So I, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone and, else. <laughs> someone else. So we hung out a lot. And then some of her friends, well, at the time, I called them friends. Some of her friends were my, became like people I hung out with in my form group. This girl eventually left the school and transferred to another school just be, like it it wasn't her vibe not for anything at least i don't know if it was anything racial 
but I still hung out with his friends that I made through her. And again, all of them were white. And I remember very clearly, there was a day I walked into, you know, those like social sciences class where you don't really do much and you just make posters and fab in the high Ah, my favorite class. Best lessons. (laughs) (laughs) So we had one of those classes and normally like we'd all sit together. You had like the table in the square. So everybody like sat around and you could see each other and stuff. And I just mm-hmm. noticed that they would they'd whisper things to each other. And like one of them was like covering her nose. And one of them was either like being like, ah, what is that? Like saying out loud, like, what is that smell? And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't smell anything, but okay, fine. But this happened once and I didn't say anything. And I just thought it was weird. Because again, I'd, not ex- I'd never experienced racism. In Nigeria, it's not a thing. You just, mm-hmm. everyone just gets on with it. <laughs> you're all the same you're all the same apparently yeah (laughs) um so i didn't say anything but then this kept happening i think for that week was the week i noticed that they kept making those things but i feel like it happened every time i i walked into the room that it was and so i became conscious and i was like wait do i smell i don't i don't think i smell Mm. and i remember getting home and i would wash my uniform even i had multiple uniforms but i'd wear it once and just chuck it and like make sure it's washed in some way or another ready for when I would need to wear it probably again that week. And I'd always carry deodorant with me every single place I went. Every time I went to the bathroom, oh, I'd And then I, I then they still continued. Oh and my that God. That was when I realized, I was like, okay, they're just being rude. And I remember telling the yeah. teacher and the head of our form group of like whatever year that was, I think it was like eight or early or nine. And I remember telling her and she was, and she called the girls in and I remember one of them was like, oh, no, like something actually did smell in the room, blah, blah, And I was like, no, because nothing, nobody else could smell it but you guys. Apparently. Wow. And yeah. she was like, oh, you, can you just apologize? And then eventually she came up to me and she was like, maybe she, and this is what the teacher said. And this is when I knew this was just complete BS. Mm-hmm. She then was like, oh, yeah. just, like, maybe you want to carry deodorant with you. And I was like... From that moment on, and this was again, if you keep in mind, I when I say because I was so conscious, like, was it me? Mm. And at this point, yeah. I saw I'd walk and you still smell my deodorant a mile away. Mm. Like that was how much I felt like I was <laughs> on, just to be like, is it is it me? Am I not masking something? Like, so I, what I, I really want to, I really want to ask you guys now. We've ha- well, now we've talked about this. I really want to ask you how you feel these situations and events like that have affected your mental health and your the way you value yourself and how you have uh, like there's the thing called imposter syndrome where you feel like you're never good enough to be in the room you're you're yeah. standing. I, so I just want to know how it has affected. So affected for me. That particular situation, I just secluded myself from everybody, even including the black girls in the school that I would hang out with. I started having lunch on my own in the music room. And I think that was when, and then people then realized I could sing and they all wanted to be like, oh my God, Sharon can sing, like, let's hang out. I'm just like, no, I want to be on my own. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) So I just secluded myself a lot. Mm. And then I moved schools and things were better. And then the confidence came back. But even then Mm. I was, in my year group, there were two black girls. And we're both Nigerian and we both knew each other because our, like, because our parents knew each other. There were mm-hmm. five or four black families in the entire school. Families. Yeah. So every black kid was at least 
one black kid in a year group was related to another black kid in a year group. So mm-hmm. we all knew the families. We were like, oh, there's this good, there's like two Ghanaians, three Ni- two Nigerians or three Nigerians. And that was, when I say black, I mean predominant, like all black. There were still mixed race kids. But yeah. that, that's where I lived. And for my confidence grew with me finding something that I loved. And this, and this new yeah. school, they actually, like, everyone knew me. They just knew me as, like, oh, the new girl. And then yeah. my music teacher heard me sing. And I was like, oh, you should join the choir. And then it was like, oh, Sharon is the girl that sings. And then yeah. my brother was, like, the athlete, like, athletic person. And so was my sister. And everybody was just, like, we found our place in what we loved to do. And people respected yeah. that. And that was, so I just, I kind of lived in that, okay, this is my comfortable spot of being yeah. And ever since, I think uni was when I truly found myself. I've talked about this in a previous episode, but yeah, that's how I kind of fought through the yeah, yeah, the microaggressions and all of that. Yeah, yeah, mm. great. Tina, so, you know, I'll let you go before I drop my another, another mic one. You know, I'll let you go first. <laughs> you need to let me. Okay, you need to hand me the microphone instead of dropping it on the ground. This whole nonsense. <laughs> What's this about? Drop the mic. Do you know how expensive oh, microphones are? <laughs> Do you know it, microphones are expensive, you guys. No. Okay. Um, I think for me, um, where what um where um issues of race has messed with my mental health the most has been in work. Um. Obviously, um, when I was at uni and whatnot, I actually found my black community because I like I like Rich. everybody else here grew yeah. up around so many white people. <laughs> I thought I was white, and it doesn't help that yeah. I'm light skinned black. So I was like, yeah, man, I'm I'm white. And then I was like, wait, I don't actually fit in with a lot of these people. And I found myself in like always the outside group, not the inside group. And then when I was in uni, I made friends with other black people. Then I was like, wait a second, I'm black okay <laughs> this is okay i can be me but um yeah. i think at work is the worst because i'm the only black person at work um mm. and uh i've um i struggle to be myself um yeah. at my previous workplace i um i basically straight out of uni and you know when you have that mentality of straight out of uni you are not focused on work you are like still in that party mode where you're like yeah yeah i'm gonna do this and whatever and i said when i go to my next workplace i am going to be serious and people are going to know me as someone that works and this is what I'm going to do and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I went to my new workplace, chill, chill, chill and whatnot. But I started to feel like left out of things and like, just like, like I get called into HR and they were like, Oh, um, you didn't really say anything in, in your last um, client meeting with um, the other people. And they felt uncomfortable with you because you just sat in the car and didn't say anything on the drive wow. up to my clients. And I was like, what do you mean? What? I didn't know that um, they wanted me to um, try and relate to them. So I had to talk to them about um, cricket. Yes. About, did they, did they um, ask anything about you? Did no, they ask you questions? Not. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, we, we, we go up because I'm an auditor. We drive up to clients for like two weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And we sit in the car. And I sat in the car. And um, I'd sit there and I'd try and make conversation. And they either kind of push me out or like they'd leave that dead air at the end of a conversation you know when they mm. when you go oh you say something and then they go yeah and they go, oh yeah and they start talking to themselves 
to the point where I put in one headphone in my ear and I started listening to the Bible because I was like, God, I need some strength for today. I need, I need something. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm gonna listen to something. So like while I'm sitting in this car feeling mm. uncomfortable um, about myself, about who I am and whatnot, and trying to relate to these people, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, you know, be good with God. And then I got called into an HR meeting that said that you just stuck your headphones in and ignored them and they felt really uncomfortable with you. And I was like, excuse me? They said, you need to come out of your shell a bit more. To me, to me, I need to come out of my shell a bit more. You need to understand how to talk to someone. You need to mm -hmm. understand that just because I'm not the photocopy white person that will always try and relate to you, you need to come and meet me at my level. I try to make conversation and you kill it. You don't even try to understand a little bit. You know nothing about diversity. You know nothing about anything that I'm talking about, but I have to come to your level. That's where I, that's where mm. I felt yes. And mm. some people might not look at that as a racial issue, but it is. Yeah. It's a not understanding yeah. the people that you are with, but I have to understand you. Why is it mm. I have to understand? Yeah. Understand me. Breathe, breathe. Mic drop, mic yeah, drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> you gotta pick it up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, this is deep. Everyone was like, ooh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. I got your attention. Um, so everyone has that. You, you, you've all been through that feeling, right? You've left uh, primary school now. You know, you're moving into year seven. Oh, my God. Big boys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the big boys now. I'm about to get, you know, I'm about to get um, all the attention. There's girls now. She's actually wearing, you know. Yeah. Like, people you know, like swelling. <laughs> no, people are actually. Wait, no, that's not what I meant. Sorry. No, I mean, like, people are actually starting to look a bit more adulty. Like, we've got bum flop hairs on our chin now. Do you know what I mean? Like, the voice is slowly starting to break. All of that. Yeah. So, you're excited. You're seven. You're about to make friends that you will be with for the rest of your life, at least. Yeah. yeah that's what you think. Excitement. Oh, I'm yeah. there with um, you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I get into my, my form, my class. Okay. Racial. I think I, I, I'm going to call it racial hate or even racial aggression towards uh, just me and have, bear, bear in mind my school uh, in, when I grew, I grew up in East London mm. is uh, majority of them are black and uh, BAME, well, well mostly BAME than white yeah so what yeah. The white people are actually more minorities in, in, in the school um, but this Indian teacher gave me hell yeah oh. she she and, and for no reason, because I like my, in year seven, especially in the first like six weeks, you're still sort of innocent. Like you haven't built up any attitude towards any teachers or yeah. any of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're still finding your feet. Some, 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 some friends you had from primary school have left to other schools now. So you've got to make new friends, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you, you, you still, slowly have to come. I, and I wasn't as confident as I am now as I was um, 10, 11 years ago in year seven. Mm. She was she 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 constantly kept me behind school, um, and gave me detention where I could work on uh, uh, the the uh, science uh, papers and things like that, right? Mm. And I was thinking to myself, what, what what is going on here? Like, it's just normal. And when I started to realize that it was just me that she was keeping behind each time, I was just like, nah, okay, let me let me go speak to my mom now. This is why um, for me nothing like uh, going back to Kendall's answering Kendall's question racism uh or like yeah racism hasn't 
changed too much about who I am and what I and what I believe because my parents have been a stronghold in fighting this inequality with me as well. Once once we got to this country, mm-hmm. uh, I'll give you a quick quick summary. In Nigeria, my mom is a princess. Yeah, we are from a lineage of dynasties. I am a prince, and wow. we are millionaires. Back. I'm we, we, are, we, are, we are millionaires back home. Yeah, and here we're top middle class. That's as high as we can get here. But in Nigeria, we're millionaires. My dad's got money for banks. So, anyway, my. <laughs> My um now and because of the royalty my mum is uh from, she know she knew how to handle this. So uh my I told my mum all about what was going on, and was like, this isn't right. We came to the school and my mum addressed her down politely, what well, not polite politely and, and diplomatically without any uh need to raise our voice or be aggressive. My mum dressed her down, yeah, and told her that I we are not the family. To, 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 to be little or to, to be racial towards because we are from greatness back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And that attitude that, that my parents infused into me back yeah. in the seven is what has stuck with me for, throughout my life. There's been times, I would admit, I've kept quiet throughout the whole microaggression, but I haven't kept quiet to myself. Mm-hmm. I have told my black colleagues mm-hmm. and they're aware of the things that have been happening to me, whether it's in the workplace or in my personal life. Mm-hmm. Somebody knows. And I've always said to myself, and I've always told people, my time will come. My time will come, either one, to tell my story and two, to make the right changes in the legal way. Mm. So, yeah, for me, yeah, that's my story on that. And I'm going to drop the mic again. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Lord. Um, At this yeah. point, we'll have technical errors. Okay, so one more thing before we end then. So, oh, I want to, uh, can I talk about my... <laughs> oh, no, Kendall, you can't. Yeah, Wait, have you not No, about? Kendall, you can't. Oh, I just want to answer the, the question okay. about like how it's affecting me. Just quickly. Basically, because um, I, I went to university and I met Sharon Tino and I started to to have more black friends and everything and I felt I felt included and seen and heard at, at, at undergraduate level and now I have pushed further onto postgraduate study and I've gone into a field that is 99.9% white and I am constantly the only brown person ever in a room ever it's all it's 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 and it's been incredibly difficult because I have worked and studied my behind (laughs) 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 to get where I am today (laughs) Uh, to get where I am today and I remember coming home a few months ago crying in my mum's arms thinking that I'm not good enough Mm. that I've only been achieving what I've been achieving because of um because of the color of my skin because of um positive discrimination mm-hmm. and oh. I couldn't put into words or understand how I was feeling I was getting microaggressions from very old uh not very old mature uh, <laughs> mature people in my field that turn to me and tell me 
someone like you can get very far. What? Someone like me? Oh yeah, someone like you can get very far if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not because, not because, not because of you're how talented. hard I've worked, but they are talking yeah, about the colour of my skin. Because we were yeah. having a we were having a discussion about um, inequity in my in my field, and um, oh. they were like, "Well, someone like you then could probably get very far." I am going to get far <laughs> because I work hard, and now I've started yeah. to Thank read. You. Now I have started to read and educate myself about yourself, yeah, and systematic learn, yeah. racism, and just learn what these microaggressions mean, where they're coming from, and I'm not I'm I'm not going to let them affect me or my value. I I am enough. I value myself and I value my hard work. Amen. I agree with that. Thank you. Thank so you. And I, and I, yeah, and I, this, and I completely disagree. I, I completely disagree with people who go, oh, send me resources and information so I can learn. Um, who is sending it to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got to say. Okay. Sharon, go ahead with your question. <laughs> Uh, last question. So I know we talked before we recorded again. So what are the differences and what are the changes that you are now working on to um, basically make a change in your community? Affect changes. Kendall? Yeah, that is, quickly. Yeah. Um, so as I've just um, described, I am the only brown person in my field that is a disgusting, disproportionate amount of black people in the arts, it's not accessible by anyone really of an ethnic minority or um, of a disadvantaged background. Um, it's, it's, and this needs to change. And I was saying before that I've been getting really upset and tired and putting a lot of my energy into messaging um, ignorant people back on Facebook that I just, it's just not, it's not worth my time. So what is worth my time is changing institutions that I'm a part of mm-hmm. to make everything more accessible and diverse so I am currently I um, helped start a um, group called Black Lens at my university there's about four of us who are black or brown um, and we talk about our experiences and we are doing we are trying to figure out ways of making our university and our courses and our history and conservation more diverse um, so I'm working in partnership with the South London Gallery hopefully um, and I am going to be um, publishing lots of articles in journals um, I'm also Ooh. doing this workshop I'm also doing this workshop um, at the <laughs> University of Delaware yeah, um, I should have actually gone to gone to Delaware just below Philadelphia but because of corona I can't go but I'm doing a workshop and about how inequity how to how to tackle inequity in conservation and I I also used to work as a youth worker trying to promote arts uh, into the disadvantaged and ethnic minority youths and I want to I want to continue this and I'm actually I was supposed to be moving to Los Angeles um in September for a, um, yeah I got yeah, I, I worked I worked my uh, I worked my behind off <laughs> and I got I got the I got one of the best um internships and fellowships the most the competitive fellowship in the world for this and I worked I, I got it rate. and I should I should That's have been moving in September to work at the Getty 
uh, Institute, which is an incredible museum. And but I'll be moving there next September. It's been postponed for a year, so I'm going to use this year to really, really help young people understand their worth and understand that the arts needs their perspective, needs their experiences, and needs their like needs their presence. Mm. Agreed. Oh my word. Wow. I want wow. change. <laughs> he is making that change. Um, I'm very sorry. I'm going to go next because okay. I do not want to go after Anthony and Sharon. And so I'm going to squish my little thing in the middle of the amazing sandwich. So it seems like I'm doing more than what I want. <laughs> So the the honest truth of it is I've always I don't I don't know how to impact my work as yet because I'm by myself and I'm standing there by myself. So I'm what I am doing is educating myself. I'm reading up more and I'm looking for stories around this so I can understand how people are doing it. Uh, I'm constantly trying to start conversations with people and sometimes I say controversial things and it invokes people to talk to me but I always try to speak at them in a way that is understanding of not understanding of where they're coming from but trying to see where they're coming from but also trying to show them that where you're coming from is not the right sort of direction it's mm -hmm. not doing the proactive of chasing people but it's just putting the content out there and having discussions and also talking to people that went through um, racial um, experiences like my parents talking more about them learning more about my heritage I don't know I posted recently that I go on walks with my mum and we talk about my heritage we talk mm -hmm. about the issues that are there because yes it's well and good to talk about America and police brutality <laughs> on that side but there are other issues where there's brutality amongst blacks and there's inequalities in the black nation we are racist to each other because of stuff that's been taught and put into our heads and it's having those types of discussions with people and also trying to speak out about it in my church group uh, with the people that i meet um in um with my youth group because i i help lead a youth group and just you know just trying to do what i can in my sphere yeah. because right now my sphere is not yeah. it may not reach as many people but if i can impact the people just directly one, beside just me, one one person yeah. it will push out into something so also i'm also um supporting any allies i'm trying as much as i can yeah if anybody says something that i agree with i'm actually stepping out and going you know what i agree and good well continue done. on keep going <laughs> because you have to congratulate and you have to acknowledge that people are trying and we need to still love people in the middle of all this anger mm. that's me i guess i'm not yeah that's me i'm done yeah. my mic dropped i've learned, so, yeah, learned something now i'm going to take what the last the last thing you said about actually giving jews to people that are trying. yeah so you've got to acknowledge gonna, yeah, people i'm gonna i'm gonna start to do that more i think i think so yeah to add to what you've all uh, beautifully said the town where i live here i'm not sure if i'm allowed to mention it whilst on the podcast but anyways the town where i live here um i have now emailed the council to to let them know that there's going to be a peaceful protest slash march um next friday between half one to about three but the, the finish time isn't really definite that's the definite um once i when i did yesterday no is it yesterday yeah for, yeah yesterday i set up the instagram page and almost 200 people shared it within the first two hours of it being up um uh, people who reached out to me to, to volunteer 
and help out with food, with face masks, hand sanitizers on the day, um, you know, push, you know, ordering people and letting them know where it is that it's happening. Um, one of the two restaurants here, um, two, no, sorry, not one of, two restaurants have said they're going to be providing food for us on a day. So that, Aww, you know, it, it shows, just to, to show the unity. And, mm. um, and I've taken that stance because we, one reason why I've now been, I now have to be the voice and be the leader and push this forward is because Friday just gone, there was there was a um, Black Lives Movement in this town. However, the people, the message is correct, but the people that were behind backing that message have their own flaws, and those flaws mm-hmm. are that they are in support. And there's some facts out behind it, behind what I'm saying. They are they are in support of men who rape mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. And I just could not stand for that. No. And because of that, I have not, you know, I, I, took, I took a stand, took a step. I said, no, this is inequality within race. And yeah. the color that is being affected mm-hmm. is the black color. Yeah. And um, so now I'm getting the word out and I'm using my networks and my connection to make sure that this is big in this, in the, in this town. Yeah. They, they, whether, whether or not um, black people are here or not, that's not the point. Yeah, my point, mm-hmm. my, the, the message is still, in, the, message, the message out there is, is us versus racism and not blacks versus the rest. However, yeah. because it's us versus racism, the race that is being affected currently and since generations yeah. is the black lives. Uh-huh. Yeah, and people need to start understanding that. They, are, they, are, they will never know what it feels like to enter a store and be followed. They and be followed. Never, Amen. Thank yes, you. Sir. And be followed. They will never oh. know what it feels like to be stopped on the street mm-hmm. and yep. be searched or questioned because of, because of the color Thank of your you. Skin. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, do you see the way my hair is now, yeah? I can go into the office and people will be like, oh, that looks nice. Can I touch it? What do you mean, can <laughs> you touch it? When you get a trim, do I tell you, can I touch your hair? <laughs> Things like that. Yeah, I've heard someone do that. Or she's like, "Oh, yo, I think it was when I had um, what they called locks in, and I've never that was the first time I'd ever done locks." And she was like, "And she literally touched my hair, touched it before, before like, can I?" And I was like, "You're already there. Can I touch your hair? You're there. You're touching it. Exactly, like, Sharon. Like, you're already there. <laughs> Get out. I literally had to like reverse and be like, "What is going on?" I was like. Just so you know, oh, I like your head. And I'm like, thank you. I walk away. Mm. You don't have to. I feel, like, I feel like our necks, our, our necks are really strong because we're constantly like, like swerving. <laughs> swerving out of the way. Swerve. <laughs> Sorry, I, Anthony, Anthony, continue, man. I like no, no, I, no, I finished. I finished. Yeah, like, I finished. So hopefully, I pray and I hope that your efforts are not in vain and you are mm. heard. And the most critical thing is that the reason why I wanted you guys to share your experiences is just people can actually understand that this is real life. It's not like, oh, this is something that's happening to other people. This, yeah. You're not like your people I hang out with all the time, your people that I talk to all the time. This is an experience that we have as black people on a daily basis. And it's a portion. Yeah. It's only a portion. There's so much more that wasn't said that has happened. Mm -hmm. It's interactions with police. It's, it's it's other this is just interactions 1%. with everything. Literally, there's so much more. Talk to your black people, friends. 
also, black I'd like can. to point out that not all black people are going to support us with this movement. Of course mm. not. Yeah, as that too. Not all black people are going to support us with this movement. A lot of them are, are closed-minded. Is the word I'm going to use. A lot of them are closed-minded to the actual to to to, to, to the um to the vision of what this what's happening. They think it's just now but it's been happening for donkey years. However, now we're asking for change. We're not just protesting and leaving it be. There's no more distractions. Everyone's at home. So we're, and that's why what I'm doing, I, I'm strongly behind it because the minute, once it's done, I'll be, I'll be pressuring um, the council for change within the black community, for the black uh, members of the, of, of the, of the community. I, I know I don't have the power to, to affect black lives all over the world, but because I am yeah. here yeah. in this town and I have a voice, yeah. yeah, I can stand for my people them here. Mm. Amen. And ask for change. So that's that's what I'm doing. Not religious, but amen. <laughs> amen. Um, <laughs> so just just to finish up, I just want to thank you guys for sharing your experiences. Of just for letting Always. people into your lives. Thank you guys awesome. for joining. Just want to say, awesome. love you all. Yeah. I love, love every Kiss single one of you supporting. Them. If we sound all dumb, lives matter. Oh, it's okay. All lives matter. <laughs> Get out of here. Pick up your mic and leave. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Have a good one. Bye.